Welcome to the OnScript podcast, your home for world-class conversations on scripture and theology, where you get to meet some of the best in the field. Visit us at onscript.study. Say hello on Twitter at OnScript Podcast and stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OnScript. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OnScript podcast. This is Matt Lynch coming to you from the UK, and I am a co-host of the podcast along with Matt Bates, Drew Johnson, Aaron Heim, Chris Tilling, and Amy Brown-Hughes. And I'll get right to the point here. We've got a very special episode for you. Back by popular demand is Professor Irvine Shablatsum, who is coming to talk to us about the interface of faith and science. And he has a very unique perspective on both of those topics, and we had a very engaging conversation. If you haven't listened to our episode from last year, you can go back through our archives and hear about uh, his previous book he, he wrote, but he's got a new book that we're discussing in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it and send any feedback to us at onscriptpodcast at gmail.com. That's onscriptpodcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OnScript. Our guest today, back on the show for a second time, is Professor Irvine Shablatsum. According to his website, Professor Shablatsum holds doctorates in physics and theology from recognized institutions and has won awards of various sorts. He runs a research facility in the Lake District in the UK with his friend Dave and uh, carries out extensive research online as well. His primary areas of research include multiverse theory, the letters of Paul, and he also conducts research in uh, paleoarchaeology, cosmology, and metaphorism. He lists uh, life coaching and people watching among his various hobbies um, on his website, and he's the author of Paul, Multiverse Theory, and the Journey of the Inner Soul, which we discussed in our last episode, and most recently, Fault Lines in the Horizon, Paul's Dawning Age Marches On, published this year. Irvine, welcome to OnScript. Welcome back. Okay, before we went on air here, you mentioned that since our last episode, you've been on quite an intellectual journey in which you've made some pretty exciting discoveries. But um, mm. but before we get into those, could you help our, our listeners who aren't familiar with your work just understand what it is that you do? My pleasure. Absolutely, Matthew. I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, for me, this is part two of our journey together. I think part one was interesting, you know. Um, yep. So um, part two, here we go. Um, how do you sum it up? Uh, yeah. Okay. I exist, I produce, I share, I give myself to my work. That's okay. what I do. Okay. Um, I think that's clear. Yeah, I, I think you, you, you're you really able to uh, crystallize things a little bit, but you, um, w let me just jump in on one of those terms. Mm. What is it that you produce? Works. I think... Okay, yeah. Sorry, um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess I we'll get... I was, no, no, I, sorry, my apologies. I sense I wasn't uh, maybe clear with that. I'm, try, I'm trying to move to a place when I communicate of, of just being concise, just just taking my knowledge, yeah. like the earth does to gold, make it into a nugget mm -hmm. and freely pass that nugget out. So, I, you know, I must be clear, your listeners are, you know, a mix of people, some intellects mm -hmm. out there, mm -hmm. so... 
you know, I'm happy to expand wherever you wherever necessary. If if I give yeah. a nugget and you feel, do you know what? I've caught that nugget. I'm going to slip yeah. it in my pocket. That's fine. If you want me to expand on stuff, I'm I'm happy. You know. So so yeah. what's your question? But uh, um, what is it that you produce? What does I produce? So yeah. I said works. And what I meant by that was some people. I'm trying to build an anthology mm-hmm. of knowledge is my goal, my long-term goal. And I think, and I like the term... Slightly like, ambitious. <laughs> yeah, well, Matthew, are you not ambitious? What are you going to do, write one book and give up? I, you know, you've got to be. I mean, when Shakespeare started, he ends up with the works of Shakespeare, not the thoughts of Shakespeare or the scribbles of Shakespeare. You know, it's the works of Shakespeare. So why set, why set yourself low? Why be like the pamphlet yeah. of Shablatson? You know, <laughs> like I, yeah. I aim for Shablatsonisms. So one day, probably when I'm gone, someone's sitting somewhere or someone, you know, spreading knowledge out themselves, thinks yeah. to themselves, let me give you a shablatzism. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess those things are determined um, by the quality of what you produce, whether those things catch on or not, right? Yeah, but I, I, I think you're right. On this one, I'll agree with mm-hmm. you. But I think there's also, why not plant the seed? Why not just pop that seed in someone's seed, mind? Seed of what? Well, the seed of the concept that these are works. They may not be works right now, but one day they will be. Mm-hmm. Well, you've, you got two, you've got two books out, I, and maybe... Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just an example popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Alexander the Great. Okay. Surely when he named himself Alexander the Great, he thought, you know, start now. He could have been like... Did he name himself that? Well, surely he did. You know, who, who else in history is going to... It's not, you don't get, like, um, Napoleon the Great. Mm-hmm. He chose Napoleon. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people, mm-hmm. like after you've died look back on your what you've done and then add yeah. extra titles i would say he thought i'm gonna i need to i need maybe it's a stage name you know maybe mm-hmm. alexander the great was alex to his mates but alexander mm-hmm. the great was what mm-hmm. he went with and i think that's what you do you plant the seed early yeah with his soldiers he's like call me great right <laughs> yeah good one yeah thanks um so you you explained to me earlier um that your research uh, facility in the Lake District has mm. been expanding rapidly in the yes. last year. So do you want to tell me about some of the developments there? Because uh, just for our listeners' yep. sake, you, you work in science and theology and the kind of interface between yeah. those two. And I know in, your, in the previous podcast that, did, that, that, that gained some attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me yeah. let me cover some of the change, some of the stuff I've been working on, and, and some yeah. of the stuff that, that some of your. I assume more, everybody returning listened to the first one. So. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if if not, they can go back and find that in the, yeah. in the podcast. Of course, feed. Yep. of course. Um, melons, H- hospital, no melons. Okay, so that did gain some attention, and I felt I should. I'm going to be honest. Honesty is key, Matt. Truth mm. and honesty yep. are like a couple holding hands. Okay, uh, sorry, like a couple in a positive, good relationship holding hands, mm-hmm. and. Um, the melon thing was good but you know originally sorry to, to backtrack yeah uh, theory on the internet i discovered have have half a melon a day every morning it in you know infuses your brain to work yeah. harder and stuff like that um so i decided to eat half a melon for every meal because mm-hmm. i wanted to not only enthuse mm-hmm. my mind to be better but to go better anyway yeah. seemingly you can have too much fruit in your diet and what happened then was i had to go to hospital and i was uh, poorly so i've cut melon out so i've um and you'll see a theme today as we discuss where my where my where my research and my scholarly journey is heading and i'm engaging with culture i feel like some mm-hmm. scholars are rejecting culture okay or they're standing away from culture i am t- i say to not only do i embrace culture i embrace mm-hmm. it and i tackle it to the ground um so i've gone for i'm looking at cultural trends 
mm-hmm. and one at the moment is veganism. Mm-hmm. There's very good reasons for picking veganism. Yeah. So um, I've moved from from the melon, the fruits, fruitism, fruit, fruitization, whatever the word is, and then um, I've gone for a, a, a vegan. Uh, it's it's too, for me. It, this derives from Paul's love of ecology. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and and I think and you know that's not an area I'm studying at the moment, but I have I have flirted with yeah. uh, with that area of scholarly work. So. Um, yeah. So at the moment, all I can do is just apply myself to my veganism. Yeah, so I've decided to take a journey through veganism. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul's, Paul's love of ecology uh, you know, is, 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 a, is, a, is a topical thing that's being discussed at the moment. And I mm-hmm. haven't had time yet to really explore it. I've, I've flirted with it, and um, mm-hmm. I kind of get where people are going with it. So I thought I, I'll, I'll pull what I can. I've, I've pulled a couple of aspects of that. And, and just for our listeners yeah. who... Um, may not be familiar with some of the the key ways that Paul engages with that theory. What are some of the kind of go-to texts for you in thinking about Paul and ecology? Well, right. I think, and, then you, and you've probably done this. There's only so many hours in the day. So sometimes you have to, you have to lend out your um, belief in a theory to someone else. So I, I I've, I've, I've just seen it bouncing around this idea that Paul was in love with ecology mm-hmm. and so um, I'm sort of taking steps myself to, to brace it I do feel there's and I dare I say it mm-hmm. another chapter of the works to come with, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. but maybe that's for that's for the next time I'm yeah, on yeah but, but I mean if uh, you're going there now in your work should, shouldn't you do the kind of homework and the grounding first or where, where Paul intersects mm-hmm. with modern culture mm-hmm it's trendy to be a vegan. It's trendy to be this now. Yeah. I just think for now, let's go with it. What's okay. the worst going to happen? You know. Well, I mean, it could be a trend that is, um, you know, harmful or potentially wrong-headed or something like that. I mean, I see. Right. I'm, I'm not saying those two areas because I actually think they're good directions for research to go, depending on what exactly you mean. And I'm not quite clear yet yeah, on I think, where... Yeah. I feel like we're kind of hashing old ground a little bit. We did cover a little bit of this in the last podcast where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always easy mm-hmm. or straightforward to lock fully onto and sort out your fully un- full understanding of a theory. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a... Uh, and I always come up with new paradigms around how you do research, how you engage mm-hmm. with complex theories. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, for me, this one's just one of those ones I'm going to let... F- I'm gonna- okay, what it's like me planting a f- seed in a, in, a, in, a, in a bowl of uh, soil. It's going to grow. So right now, Paul, ecology, mm-hmm. how I can be like Paul through ecology... It's just it's just that little that little seed yep. growing. Yeah, you're planting seeds again. Planting seeds again everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to veganism. Uh, sorry, it's just a, it's a, last thing about vegan. it's mm-hmm. again. It's veganism, but mm-hmm. I'm having to include meat because after the hospital visit, my doctor told me I had to do certain things. But what what I'm not doing is I don't well, want to lose. I that. mean, how do you, how, do you, how can it be veganism right. with meat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're not the first person. When I that's when I told Dave about this, he laughed. But bear with me. I'm concentrating. And Dave is. Oh, sorry. For those who don't know, previous podcast, Dave is my intellectual sparring partner. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes around the house um, and helps me with my research. Um, so the, the re- I've got to have the meat. But what I've done is I've in- I'm engaging my body and my mind through the vegetables. And when the meat has to come pass into my body, I'm just letting it go. Just letting it go. Not, not paying much attention. Boom, in, gone. So that's, that's how I'm sort of hot, maintaining a vegan approach 
but having to have a balanced diet. So um, that's that's where we are. And, 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 and we don't want to the whole time. I, I, don't, I don't think you'll convince ve- <laughs> vegans out there that that's uh, it, true veganism. No, but, but, like, but I, I get your point. Matt, you, you, we're going to return to the same point again. There have been t- there are so many times where someone was leading the way, like Einstein, and they <clears> laughed at him. <throat> you know? And yeah. people can mock, and then 10 years, 20 years later, it'll be the latest thing. You, but, aren't there, but aren't there also a lot of ideas that people ridicule and critique because they're wrong? But what is wrong? You know? Truth, in the postmodernistic world, truth is in the eye of the beholder. Well, not entirely. And I think there's a I mean, lot it, to say for that. Yeah, it depends on what theory of truth you're working with. Like, if, if truth corresponds to some reality external to yourself, then no, that's not the case. No, absolutely. But, Last time we spoke, and, and I, t- I did t- we, we had a little discussion after the podcast, and mm-hmm. I know you gave me some really positive things to think about, but mm-hmm. the way I was doing some of my works and stuff, but... Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to just go with your gut. Yeah, okay. You know? Yeah. Well, speaking of veganism. Um, all right, so uh, you – back to my question, which um, I posed earlier about, mm. like, the the rapidly expanding um, research facility that you talked about. What are some of those developments? And I want to get to the theology stuff, but yeah. I want people to understand the science you're doing, too. Mm, mm. So um, – I was looking at the inter, interpersonal relationships with the, with the, my cats had. I was using them as a as a as a small experiment in my in my um, research centre, and um, I had a bit of a problem. I, 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 a lot of science actually uses, actually I found out they use rats. Mm-hmm. They don't well rats or monkeys, but monkeys are really expensive, so rats are much cheaper. And I asked, I said to Dave, could you get me some rats? And uh, mm-hmm. I then panicked and thought he's just going to go and trap a rat or something. You know, we're in a rural area. So mm-hmm. I thought I need a rat that's going to know what to do. Because there are actually, I don't know whether you knew this, Matt, there are rats, they breed to work in labs. Oh, interesting. Lab rats. So mm-hmm. I um, I said, to, anyway, long story short, I had, the, I had my cats and um, mm-hmm. it's quite sad actually. And, and they left me. What? <laughs> they um they, they left ran it. away. Well, I would say not. That, you know, I've, I've I've spoken to my counselor several times about this. I use the word abandoned. She mm-hmm. advises me to say left, so I've got mm-hmm. to say left. They left me. Mm-hmm. Um, what so, happened? So did they run away from the well, facility? Or I got to me a culpa. You know, mm-hmm. I got to be clear and be honest with the audience. Mm-hmm. I bought a thousand lab rats by accident off the internet, and I felt with with the Pauline ecology stuff i just didn't think i could not get rid of them or send them back so i kept them anyway a thousand rats don't mix well with cats and so the cats left um i tried to work with the rats um, sorry to hear that yeah that sounds awful. A, i don't really want to talk about it, to be honest um I, I wanted to work with the rats that didn't really work out either so now i just have a anyway let's just move on um so one of the big changes is you know how much i enjoyed my cats yeah yeah how much they contribute to my work mm-hmm. um where do you turn in the... Where, when when you have cats, you mm-hmm. buy accidentally buy a thousand rats, yeah. your cats abandon you, where do you turn, Matt? Yeah, well, The Bible. Right? Straight yeah. in. Mm-hmm. At the start of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Genesis. Yeah. Let me, in fact, let me, let me, let me, let me read you something. Let me see where you, so you understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old along with a dove and a young pigeon. I read those words, and they t- mm. say they jumped So the where page. are you reading from there? Uh, Genesis. What's the reference? Uh, it's a, about 10 pages in. It was on one of the pages. So okay. um, now a heifer is a cow. I don't know this, but it's a cow. Um, and 
uh, my garden's not very big, so I can't do a cow. Now, a ram seemed a bit dangerous to me, so I didn't do a ram. And the, the birds are going to fly away, let's be obvious. What mm. was I leaving with? The goat. goat. Yeah. Now, so I have, a, I have well, breaking you, but, news. Mm. I now have a goat. And I've called her Paul. So, um, this is now my new, my new goat. Uh, so I have a goat now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, for me, this is a direct biblical connection. One mm-hmm. thing that the Bible has constantly is goats. Because you think back at the Genesis, there were goats. Roll on time, Exodus, they had goats. Everyone has goats. Goats here, Israelites, goats, goats, tribes, goats, goats. So I thought, mm-hmm. when I connect with my goat, mm. I'm connecting with a biblical experience. So I, some people meditate, I milk. When I milk that goat, I just feel connected to the biblical history. It's like a, well, pun, it's a living bit of the bible so um so me and paul will will go out to the garden we'll have a good milking session and i and it's just making me well up actually um and i'll just some things just things will pop the 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 things that pop into your head when you're milking are really sometimes special for me and i don't know what it is maybe it's the biblical connection i don't know so um um and you get milk so it's a win-win um so yeah, so yeah. so uh, do you know what? Then let me tell you a funny story. So one yeah. of the things I was toying with, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the great, particularly in art, a muse, mm-hmm. a lot of famous artists had a muse. Mm-hmm. So um, Dave volunteered <clears throat> to be my muse, and I didn't think that was appropriate, so I moved on. And um, spending time with with Paul, um, well, yeah, I'd read about people, you know, like uh, Picasso had Dora Maar, Lennon had Yoko Ono. Um, Edward uh, Manet had Victoria Muretnet in her in his in his pictures, and um, okay, for me it's Paul the goat. It just okay. it just it just happened. I didn't plan it. I was, you know. So so Paul is your muse. Yeah. as you think about Paul the biblical yeah writer. Okay. Yeah. yeah, can't explain it. Anyway, that's where we're at. So that's that's where the research, um, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. So your book is entitled Fault Lines in the Horizon, Paul's yep. Dawning Age Marches On. What, so what exactly, let's start with the first part of that title. Um, what exactly do you mean by fault lines in the horizon? The thing I can say to that is, let me just say this. Vos, autumn, karam, omnem, Subinterferetes ministrate in fide vestra vitrium in virtue utum scientium. Okay, so that was a Latin phrase of some sort. I'm, I'm not. Well um, done. Are you a Latinist like a Latinist like me? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Um, okay, well, for you and for your un-Latin speaking listeners, that is for this very reason. Make every effort to add your faith, add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge. Okay. 2 Peter 1 5. That was a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Before, I just made quite maybe an assumption Mm -hmm. that I should both gain knowledge and share it. But when you read that, clear clear as day. So, what are are the fault lines in the horizon? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Right, my book. Um, Good question, Matt. Unfortunately, there's a simple answer. Okay. Um, before Paul, let's call let, let's let's call let's let's break this down, okay? Mm-hmm. So you've got Paul, and yeah. that's the, let's say that when Paul was alive doing his great works, Paul, mm. Paul time, yeah. Before that, 
you had Paulus time. And after that, you had post-Paul time. Okay, so that's three branches of time. If anyone has uh, read my previous book, three is important number. Three appears again, just yeah. saying. <laughs> so Paul time, mm-hmm. post-Paul period, and the Paulus period. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so before that, before Paul, before Paul time, in the Paulus time, things were quite, I think things were theologically quite sturdy. Um, when Paul came along, mm. just fault lines everywhere. He's throwing fault lines out like there's no tomorrow. Bush, 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 all over the place. Bush? Um, oh, you're, yeah, I mean, you, like, like sound you know, effect. Yeah, yeah that kind of stuff. So um, I wanted to, with this title, Fault Lines in the Horizon, what I thought about, mm. you, you know, bear with me on this, another slight theory of mine. Mm-hmm. When you stand on a beach, so let's say you're five foot five or something, okay? When you look to the horizon, it's like three or three or four miles, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought a fault line of about three, three and a half, four miles is quite a long fault line, isn't it? But the reason why I said so I'm, this I'm, I'm struggling with the with the imagery okay. here. So so a yeah, that's fault, fine. A fault line, yeah. um, is is something that you know signals like a rupture between two two like steady objects or something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so you've got a three-mile fault line? I'm not, I'm not well, really no, no, clear. The point, like, yeah, sorry. I yeah. know this is dead simple, but I'll yeah. try again. The fault line mm-hmm. is is almost endless. I think it's, I don't think it's endless. I think it has an end, but it's like just under endless, if that makes sense. So that what I was trying to say was, and this is key to the title, it says fault lines in the horizon, not up to or just before the horizon. Mm-hmm. Because it's saying that however high you get, because let's say you, that if you say you're five foot five and you in the you're on a beach and yeah. um, the you know the dis, the horizon's three or four miles away. If you then get up on a three hundred foot cliff, it's mm-hmm. only six or seven miles away. So the point is that you you can't go so high mm-hmm. that you can see the end of the fault line because the fault line is Paul's teachings are so rupturous that you just can't get to the end of the fault line. So, um, and this is getting to your subtitle, Paul's dawning age marches on. Yes. Um, so, is it, are you relating this work to some of the recent scholarship on the apocalyptic Paul? And, you know, because you're talking about a big rupture in Paul, the fault lines and so on, that, su- that suggests to me, and this is something that kind of came to mind when I was reading your book, is that you're, you're wanting to engage with apocalyptic Paul scholarship in some way. Yeah. So... I mean, let's backtrack slightly again. Yeah. Most people don't know you as a nice or kind person, Matt. Okay? I know the real you. And after your feedback um, last podcast, which was really helpful, I really felt I need to be clear, mm-hmm. like crystal clear mm-hmm. when I'm trying to explain my theories. Mm-hmm. Um, I always sort of assume, you know, like, you know, like Einstein's theory of um, black holes and stuff. It's so hard to understand. And yeah, but I bet when he explained to people, they were like, yeah, get you, man on it so i want to try i I want to try and do that so i want to be clear is that is that clear uh i mean it's clear that you want to be clear yeah great Mm -hmm. so um so the apocalyptic paul Mm -hmm. to me isn't here yet okay so it's his his fault lines created a dawning age that is mm-hmm. still continuing. So the idea of the book yeah. is a way of d- doing an, e- an, e- an exegesis mm-hmm. on the dawning age and how it marches on. So that's the, that's the underlying theory, which is clear. 
and then I would do, I'm doing an exegesis on that, which leads us on this journey. Do you mean like an exegesis of particular passages in Paul that relate to no, that? No, because I think that's the old way of doing things. Okay, I'm doing an exegesis on the theory. So other people have left it stuff so out. You're, you're positing your own theory and then doing an exegesis on it, or well, it's I'm not. It's my own theory. I think. I think mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a it's a theory that's bouncing around. It's, you know, who owns a theory? You know, mm-hmm. who puts their name to a theory? You know, I think like theories are just kind of like I, always I, I, always changing, aren't they? Well, I mean, yeah, theories get associated with particular people, but I but I I, th- I think I get your point that yeah, I suppose you're right in that sense, but you know what I mean, don't you? I'm being clear on what I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, I, again, this is not my area. The science is not my area, but I, I am a biblical scholar, so I, I think... Are we all? Uh, n- no, I mean, not not everyone is. No, I mean, like uh, we, like you you and me and the listeners and people you have on and stuff. Sure, okay. okay. Um, it, now, let me just drill down a little bit, because um, I, think, I think I'm getting at what you're saying, and this is this is part of the process of, I mean, why I host these interviews is to help listeners hear us wrestle through ideas but so you're you're talking there's a slight paradox in the subtitle paul's dawning age marching you know like a dawning age is a sort of momentous thing but that it's marching so what what are you trying to signal in that paradoxical uh, subtitle i'm trying to be clear i think that's the first thing you need to understand is that, 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 that i'm trying to bring clarity that's what the focal point is Mm-hmm. I don't think getting into the detail of why the title isn't the way it is. I think I think I think I want people to read this title and go, man, that's why the other scholars should take a leaf out of my book in making myself clear. And I don't think explaining it makes it any clearer. So I'm happy to move on. At some point, I'm sure we might touch on one of the core parts of the book, which is how grace yeah. intersexually reaches into science. So I have a lot of grace theory i'm going to call it grace theory which um is helping me come up come up overcome some of these let's call them orthodox research methods or orthodox thinking around all this kind of stuff you know i'm in i'm dawning myself i think and who, who can who can declare this a, a new age of thinking yeah, yeah. Uh, so so let me I, I wanted to ask about that specifically so i'm glad you raised it so mm. one of the things you mentioned in your book is that um w- you're you're taking your studies of Paul and applying them to the realm of science, and and specifically around the idea that, you know, Paul Paul talks about the fact that we're no longer under the law but under grace. So that, yes, um, yep. which I yep. think itself needs yep. unpacking. Um, yeah, and then you're you're taking that and applying it to science. Could you talk about what mm. you're doing there? Yeah. So you have science, <laughs> culture, and grace. They, for me, are the three pillars of my understanding of books. Uh, my understanding of my, I, to understand my book in a simplistic sense, um, you have, what did I say? Science. Science, uh, then culture. culture yeah, science, and, culture, and, and grace. Grace, okay. Yeah. Um, so, context is key. Mm-hmm. You know this. You're, you know, you're an Old Testament scholar, and um, although Old Testament scholars, I mean, it's kind of been done to death of the whole Old Testament stuff, and I know you know there's still i'm sure stuff to be discovered or whatever but um you know mm. you have to contextualize the passage step mm. one in it when you went to old testament school they were like 
first things first, contextualize your passage. No use talking about Leviticus and not understanding. Yeah, I can, I can agree you with know, you there. Yeah. It is, you know, it's not useful, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is the, imagine like a, a, a chocolate and inside is a nut. That's mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. Around it is a gooey substance. That's grace. And then chocolate is also grace. And then the wrapper is culture. Okay. So I think I've 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 had a few analogies, but that one for mm-hmm. me is the one I rest with now because I think it's so it's it's crystal clear. Um, so um, we are inducted mm-hmm. into our understanding of grace as part of the scientific world <laughs> through the patriarchal and maternarchal social constructs that exist today. That is the fundamental context you have to get your head around. Okay. Boom. Once you get your head around that, mm-hmm. everything else falls into place. So. I think we're going to have to hurry this along. Cause, so what I'm trying to get at is, so it seemed like in your book you were arguing that um, just as Paul was saying, we're no longer under the law but under grace, um, we need to move away from an exclusive reliance on the laws of science and move into the grace of science is the phrase you use. So I'm, I, yes. I'd be curious to know what you mean by the grace of science and how, how you transfer those theological concepts over to, to science. So let's start in Romans, mm-hmm. okay? Because this is where the Pauline mm-hmm. uh, sort of what's it called? The Pauline angle comes from. Mm-hmm. Romans six fourteen: mm-hmm. For sin shall no longer be your master. Mm-hmm. So if you change sin to science, for science no longer will be your master because you are not under well, the how, law. How do you just swap out science first? Well, I think I think as long as you're careful. Mm-hmm. Word swapping from biblical text doesn't is not that bad. So, so right, let's, I'll start again. For science shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, again, you have. I bet you have the struggle when you're doing things. Well, you're doing like PR for books and stuff, Matt. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give away the main <clears throat> nugget of the book, do mm-hmm. you? Because mm-hmm. then no one will buy it. You know. So, yeah. um, so what I want to kind of get, I'll give a small. I'll give a. Uh, like a, a sort of slight nugget, but not a little bit of nugget. gold dust, huh? Yeah, here you go. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's some. Let me sprinkle some gold dust. Um, mm. I would say now, after the a deep explora- exploration of this, the, this the, this area, I can say now that I am freely controlled by grace, for that mm. is my new master. Okay. Yeah. One of the problems with, particularly potentially for you, Matt, and other people in your field, is it's 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 mm-hmm. old stuff you're talking about, and it's hard to relate to. So what I've done is I've 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 reached out into modern culture, mm-hmm. and I've decided to try and use a medium mm-hmm. that would allow me to reach people, and in a in yeah. a language that I understand. And I've come across something. Now, this is actually a clean playing field. So you might want to think about this as as, as a way of communicating with your audience. Um, I, I'm going to recommend it as a way of doing it. So. Um, this is a a medium with which I think there's space for mm-hmm. clarity. Yeah. To just be in abundance. Mm-hmm. You know, just flow clarity. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want me to just go for it and, sh- and, and give yep. you an example of how, how this communication can work? Yep, real concisely. That'd be great. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> well, you might- <laughs> that's fine Matt and I, and I get the concise thing but you, I think that sometimes there needs to be space mm-hmm. to allow you know if you yeah. stop a journey halfway through you're halfway through your journey you know do you yeah. get that yep. Okay. yep so let me just see if I can I can I can find I mean I just give me a minute I'll just get into, no, no well not a natural minute because you'll tell me off again just give me 30 seconds 10 seconds okay 
Paul's dawning age marches on. Some people think that science is a con. The laws of physics are set in stone, but the grace has a place. I think it can atone. The chasm is open. Let's jump right in. We can all do it together. Let's clear up our sin. So what, my goat, is my muse? Let's now confuse. People... People may diss me. Well, they need more grace. I have got something to say. I'm in a race. Wow. Um, so what I've done there, yeah. Matt, to make things, to bring clarity, is mm-hmm. I've a mo- I've used a modern medium of rap okay. merged with poetry. Uh, have, you, have, you sorry. Done, have you tried this on any other audiences? No. No, this this one was like this. So what for me as part of the greater works mm-hmm. of um, Schablatzen, as mm-hmm. we could call it, maybe um, was that this was going to be a later thing. But I just felt it was the right time to maybe start toy. Might again maybe yeah. start, you know, allowing some of it to spread out because I think it's a way in which we potentially I could clarify for you today. Yeah, because I know. Uh, I mean, I, I could see. Yeah, I think that's something worth honing further. Um, okay. Uh, on. I wanted to ask about a quote uh, in your book. Uh, on page 212, you write this, quote, The question isn't whether there's a fault line. Yep. A fault line has opened. Mm. As a culture, we've reached a point of no return. The question now is whether we're willing to jump in. Mm. And and I must confess that I, I had images of people jumping into a chasm as it opened on the earth, which mm. I don't think is what you meant. Um why do you think we're at this cultural moment and what is it that you're calling your readers to jump into? Truth. Okay. Yeah. Truth, mm-hmm. empowerment, responsibility, mm-hmm. devotion, discipleship. Mm-hmm. Culture is a beast we cannot ride or tame. Mm-hmm. We have met with the beast to talk to it and convince it to change its ways. I have started this journey. I have two books, 200 followers on Twitter. I feel now now I'm at what, what some people call an influencer. I'm trying to tame the beast, the cultural beast. It, you, just, you started that by saying you can't tame the beast, but then you're taming it. Or did, um, sorry, did I, did I misunderstand that? Okay, okay, okay. No, that's fine. Um, what I, was, I think what I was trying to say is, I, I've, I'm taming the untamable beast. Right. Let's yeah. just leave it there. And you well, you, you said ta- that you said that a number of times in the book, and you were linking it back to Adam when he named the animals. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, is this something where you see like our job as humans in in the world to tame beasts, or what? You know, I, I wasn't. What were you getting at in that kind of repeated image of Adam and the animals and then this call to tame the beast? Well, one, when one tames a beast, um, I think that, uh, you know, like Paul, um, mm-hmm. not sorry, uh, Paul the goat, you know, when he came to me, he was pretty feral. But uh, through love and our, our milking sessions and our time together, I think he's tamed, you know, and, and I think that for me was the starting, that was the seed again, returning to our initial mm-hmm. discussions. That was mm-hmm. the seed to which the flower of understanding has blossomed for mm-hmm. me about this beast taming. And, and, you know, it's a direct relevant, you know, you can relate it to a straight to culture and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. After my, my flirtation with uh, Paul and his, 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 his sort of the works of his, you know, his, his love for ecology and how he, how he, how we should all mirror him. Um, mm-hmm. I think, um, so, you know, for me, I took a stand. So that day I read this tweet 
mm-hmm. about how Paul was into ecology. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. So I have a, I have a car. Um, and uh, I, I decided at that point I will no longer serve that beast mm. of, of, of transportation. Okay. So you went, car. you went, mm, so, it, so, 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 so I was like. you a biker now or something? Say again. Are you a biker now? Uh, well, no, because I need to do a lot of driving. So what I've done is I've, I've, um, I've got rid of my car. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold it to Dave. Um, Dave bought it, which is good mm-hmm. news for me. ka um, But the caveat for me selling it to Dave was that I need access to it whenever I need to. Um, mm. And Dave's going to drive me as well, so that makes that what happens. So that that arrangement has enabled me to be have a clear conscience. So, so how around. is how is that being ecologically sensitive? Well, I don't own a car anymore. Right. Boom. Yeah, yeah, but Dave's okay. What? Um, we'll leave that. Okay. Uh, you know, having had this really helpful discussion of your mm. of your work, and and mm. I think I think your mm. your book is um, something that uh, our our audience will will appreciate, and you know, I definitely encourage you to go uh, you know purchase the book on Amazon. But yes, please. Yeah, as I look step step back and look at at. Um, all that you've done in your book what is what's what is it that you want your readers to really take away from your book what a question man what a question Mm -hmm. wow what if i was to ask you box of chocolates okay birthday the moment you lift that lid how do you make it how how can i choose how can Mm. you choose so much yeah sometimes i just i just take one you know and then there are other other people fine you forced my hand uh, what should we take? Okay. <clears throat> Hope. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, do you want to elaborate on that, or? I can. I think, um, let's, 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 let's talk about Paul. You know, why not? <laughs> um, Paul, for me, was not the type of disciple to travel around telling people what they should and should not do. I think he simply led a life of what I would call overt spiritual exploration. You're not in a geographical sense, not like traveling around endlessly. Mm-hmm. It's more yeah. of an inner body and inner mind sense hmm. of exploration. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I, think, uh, I like Paul, uh, the man, not the goat. Um, I am me, and I'm a giver, Matt, not a taker. Mm-hmm. So the book is like me it's a giver so you mm-hmm. need to just close your eyes open the book and take what you can see for me you know mm-hmm. envelop yourself in the book yeah you so know, if i had to if i had to simplify it for you mm-hmm. to make it again we'll go back into what we talked, talked about earlier let's mm-hmm. be clear and let's be simple mm-hmm. expose absorb energize expel mm-hmm. next question wow so after this book, what is it that's next for you in the works of Shablatsum? Because you mentioned earlier in our, our conversation that you really want mm. to think mm-hmm. in terms of the works of Shablatsum. So this, this this book on you know the uh, Paul's you know the dawning horizon marching on uh, is just part two of what you done with the uh, journey of the inner soul in the previous yep. um, book. So w- what's next for you? Well, I think what you've done there is you've kind of jumped the goat. <laughs> pardon the phrase, you know. Um, you know, for me, dare I say, dare I say, okay, I don't feel under pressure, but I'm going to suggest, I'll make a suggestion here. What's next for myself? Well, this morning, mid-milk, 
I was, you know, thinking about this afternoon and about what we're going to do and the, the, the kind of journey we're going to go on together. Mm-hmm. And I had a bit of an epiphany, you know. Mm. Now, Matt, let me throw something out there. Let me just yeah. run something up the flagpole and yeah, let's see fine. if you salute, okay? Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and picture this. Mm-hmm. Matthew Bates, Matthew Lynch, Drew Johnson, Aaron Heim, Chris Tilling, Amy Brown-Hughes, and Dr. Irvin Shablatum. Right. Yeah. Dare I say, after the success of the last year's podcast and this year's podcast, mm-hmm. I know we've not finished yet, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I already mm-hmm. sense the success oozing. Yeah. Um, and I don't want you to feel pressure. Yeah. I don't know how to know yeah. because you yeah. need to go away and you need to meditate or whatever you do. I milk whatever you do. You mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. But you know, may, might there be room for a potential extra uh, host for the podcast? That's what I'm saying. Don't. But uh, next right. question. I don't want to. Let's move on. Let's just leave right. that there. Okay. Yeah, that that's fine to leave that for now. Um, so as as you step back and you know we've talked about what you you want your readers to take from the book and sort of what's next for you, um, you know, potentially. Um, what is it? What kind of advice would you give to young scholars who are trying to break? You know, a lot of our listeners are in mm. in their master's studies in theology yeah. or doing doctoral work, and and they're looking for advice about career advice and and also advice about how to become a better scholar. So, what what are yes. what's some of the advice that you give to them? So, to sort of to sum it into two parts. Part one, I would say the the rats for me, um, young rats are born into the rats because I who knew rats bred quite successfully let's say so we have a lot of young rats so I'm, I'm i'm really kind of um watching their journey and you know they grow um so so for me you know and, and by and by young rats just to clarify you're talking about uh, young scholars but using the analogy of rats yeah separate. i mean okay. rats young scholars it's mm-hmm. you know for me it's it's it, take it or leave it you know um it works make uh so um Okay, let me again. Let's, let's reinforce what I said before. Let's be clear, okay? Ah, mm-hmm. ah, incoming Shablatsum, brace yourselves. Your journey, in my mind, is yours. And you can journey on your journey and make it your journey, whatever type of journey it feels like, as mm-hmm. you journey on your journey. Mm. Yeah. Now, that to me is a simple nugget you can pop in your pocket mm-hmm. to walk away. Mm. A nugget of gold up, there. Say again? A nugget of gold there. Nugget of gold. Mm-hmm. Sum it up. To make it as simple and as easy to understand for people to, th- if you if you if you just joined us on a podcast, welcome. But um, here's something to think about and take away: exploration, momentum, stationary, expansionism. Hmm. A lot of Paul in there. And w- so, just yeah. clarify: when I said stationary, I don't mean like pens and paper. I mean uh, static. Yeah. Right. Right. I think uh, I think I, I don't need to say much more. In, in the spirit of being clear, um, mm. is that are those four words what you say? You would just say them to young scholars and to have them think about. Is well, that yeah, the idea? Me, it's almost a test, isn't it? Mm. If you don't get that, yeah, I just give up. Excellent. Well, I, I think that's a great place to to leave um, uh, our our audience and and have that give them something to think about. It's been oh, a I, very I think mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so in many ways. Um, so, so I think uh, I, I want to just say thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. My pleasure, and, as and always. See you next year or sooner. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. Um, thanks so much. No worries. Hey everyone, we hope you really enjoyed this episode, and from the bottom of our hearts, we want to wish you a very happy April Fool's Day. 
You've been listening to OnScript, delectable conversations on scripture and theology. If this episode has brought you inner peace or lit your biblical fire, please consider a small donation of just two or five dollars per month. Information on how to donate can be found at onscript.study/donate.